Napa know-how. Right now, you can get a $20 prepaid Visa gift card by mail with the purchase of a Napa Legend Premium Battery. Its durability and power make it the obvious choice for people who hate getting stranded by a dead car battery. So pretty much everyone. The Napa Legend Premium Battery and $20 back. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. Limit two per household while supplies last. Offer ends 228.19. Hey, Skull King Nation. You've heard us talk about StatRoute on many occasions in the past couple weeks. They're one of the best fantasy stats research sites I have ever seen. You can adjust your search filters for position, first or second half of the season, fantasy playoffs, NFL playoffs. You can specify your opponent by team, head coach, or defensive coordinator. You can even factor in the type of weather that was played, whether clear skies, rain, snow, or wind. StatRoute has done the hard part for you. All you need to do is sign up for their service and start working with the various search filters. Right now, you can get a free trial to StatRoute for a couple of days to get used to how the system works. Simply go to StatRoute.com, that's S-T-A-T-R-O-U-T-E.com, and once your free trial is over, you can use the promo code SKULLKINGFF to get 25% off your subscription for the rest of the 2018 NFL season. Again, go to StatRoute.com, that's S-T-A-T-R-O-U-T-E, Dot com to sign up today and get the fantasy stats that you need to rule your league. Again, use the promo code SKULLKINGFF, that's SKULLKINGFF, to get 25% off your 2018 NFL subscription today. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Fox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrude. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrud. I got my brother Justin with me. Go ahead and say hi, Justin. Hi, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> that joke never gets old. There we go. And uh, we've got uh, a, a good show for you tonight. We are going to go over the headlines. We're going to go over the games this weekend. But before we get into that, Justin and I have to do a little bit of bragging for those of you who, for those of you who don't know, we uh, we put our um, we do our rankings and everything through Fantasy Pros, and so we're part of their expert platform there. And though while you won't be able to find our rankings specifically compared to other rankings on Fantasy Pros website yet, yet, hopefully next year, hopefully next year, depending on how I, I think it may depend on how well we do this year, and as and also you know, how consistent we are with actually getting them done. And other articles we write. In, in those yeah, and all, that, and all that kind of stuff. So we, we basically have to prove that we're professionals at this. Basically. So beyond that, um, you won't be able to find them, you know, kind of our accuracy on there. But we would like to say that um, while our quarterback and running back rankings aren't always the best, our wide receiver rankings for week five were off the charts. Very, very good. Very, very good. Uh, Justin finished at um, sixteen. Yeah, number sixteen in accuracy for his for his uh, um, his wide receiver rankings. And are there any notable player? Are there any notable fantasy football um, gurus that uh, just a couple that you beat out for your wide receiver rankings? Uh, beating out, uh, I think. Looking at this one, uh, we have Matthew uh, Bowie from Razball. 
Uh, Matt Camp from B- from Bleacher Report. That makes me feel really good. Uh, and then uh, I think there was one more that I just saw here. Um, we beat the fantasy footballers. Uh, we beat all three of them. Yeah. Um, in wide receivers. We'll just just in wide receivers. We'll leave it there. <laughs> Only spot that we beat them in. Um, and and for me, I actually finished third in the wide receiver rankings for uh, accuracy this week. Uh, for the week five, um, I even beat you know Scott Pianowski from Yahoo. Um, that's a big name. That's a big name. Uh, you know, we beat uh, all the guys from CBS. Uh, all the guys from all the guys from the fantasy footballers. Uh, well, Yahoo, eat sleep. Yeah. So we we are very proud of the fact that hey, we had a very good week. We're still working on learning how to do our rankings and, and kind of where to compare things. Um, the rankings are also based off of standard, and we are, we are very much the PPR guys. Which I really believe has a lot to do with why my running back rankings are off, often a little bit skewed and why my running back rankings tend to be so bad is because I push up a little bit more, I think, on some guys that are really only – good or really mainly PPR guys. And so bringing them down a little bit may, may work. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and get into the headlines for Wednesday. Today's headlines. All right. So for the headlines, we're actually going to cover a little bit since we didn't do a show yesterday, we were going to go back an extra day just to look at some headlines. So we're going to start right here. Uh, the Redskins running back Adrian Peterson has a strained shoulder and will get a second opinion, but it's not expected to keep him from playing. Source said he is one tough dude uh, to actually explain how tough he is. He actually popped his shoulder out of socket uh, when he fell to the ground on the sideline. I remember, I remember actually seeing this part and popped it back in before going to the sidelines. Yeah. Uh, that's all that has to be said. Uh, tough dude is an understatement. Anyone who can uh, throw their shoulder back into place themselves and not like pass out and fall over is a tough dude, in my opinion. Uh, for all of you Doug Baldwin owners, uh, Pete Carroll said that Doug Baldwin is healthy, but that it just, quote, just didn't work out, unquote, for him to get the ball more against the Rams. He had one catch for one yard. I think I think this one was more game script. The Rams were double covering him for large portions of this game, which is why Moore was open as much as he was. But also, they were forcing the Seahawks to go somewhere other than Doug Baldwin. Which, they were not going to let Doug Baldwin be the one that beat him. Which is why Tyler Lockett had like three or four catches for you know ninety-eight yeah. yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Um. Saquon Barkley did not need any special treatment uh, this week after taking an awkward fall at the end of the Giants. Week five loss to the Panthers, so he is he is okay and good to go. Uh, NFL Network's Tom Pelissero reports that TJ Yeldon will remain quote the guy in the Jaguars' backfield while Leonard Fournette is out with the hamstring. There's also a report out that uh, the Jaguars are probably going to hold Fournette out until after their Week Nine bye. That would be smart. Um, the way Yeldon is playing right now, uh, I don't see why you would rush Fournette back because I think they rushed him back already, 
And look what it did for them. They're still waiting on him to get back and be healthy. It is best served for them to wait uh, and continue to use TJ Yeldon for the time being. Yeah. uh, Also to go along with that, the Jaguars signed uh, Jamal Charles uh, for a backup running back role that we'll see how much work he actually gets. He's there on the off chance that something happens to TJ Yeldon. That is the only reason. And if something happens to TJ Yeldon, um, it's the Blake Bortles only show. And good luck, Jaguars. <laughs> uh, Coach, Coach Doug Peterson confirmed that Corey Clement with his quad injury is, quote, 100% good to go for Thursday night's week six game against the Giants. I'm partially more fond of Wendell Smallwood, to be completely honest, but I also understand that Corey Clement um, is more the big bruiser back who can also catch the ball out of the backfield, if you remember from the Super Bowl last year. So, Yeah, I think Clement's going to be used a little bit more around the goal line, maybe more like the Buck Allen role for this game. His first game back, they're already depleted at the, at the running back position. So I, I look for Smallwood maybe to be the guy that moves it uh, in between the 20s, and then when they need maybe a power run in order to get it in the end zone, that's where you would see uh, a Corey Clement more used. I, I still think it's going to be 60-40 with the 60 towards Wendell Smallwood. So Clement will still get his fair share, but in the, in the red zone, it's, I think it's going to be Clement. For all you James Conner owners, there is someone in your corner and it just so happens to be the starting running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger said James Conner, quote, should not go on the shelf by any means, unquote, if and when Le'Veon Bell ends his holdout. Um, you mean the starting quarterback? That's what I said. That's what I meant. You said running. I said starting running back. Well, James Conner's in, James Conner's in his own corner. Yeah, it, it's, it is not just Roethlisberger. It is the entire offensive line as well. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see how that plays out. As a James Conner owner, I am very nervous, especially because my, the rest of my running backs aren't great because I drafted so wide receiver heavy. But Here's an interesting question that, that I was seeing through, through some social media feeds so far this week. Do you think that there is a likelihood that they run Conner and Bell like the Saints run Kamara and Ingram? Oh, wear- my word. That would be so effing deadly. I mean, to me, that, that is the thing that would make the most sense rather than to uh, punish Le'Veon Bell for being out as long as he has. Use him because you've still got him. There's still a, likely, there's still a high percentage that, that the Steelers could sign him um, long-term. Uh, but Connor has proven himself worthy and valuable. I think, as weird as this sounds, Connor would be the Ingram role and Bell would be the Camaro role to where maybe they rely on, on – Connor a little bit more for the pound it stuff and Le'Veon Bell who is just absolutely deadly coming out of the backfield catching the ball maybe runs like what you had mentioned on the waiver wire show maybe a kind of like a slot type receiver at times but also catching the ball out of the backfield and running the ball I think that would be the best way for the Steelers to go about it but we're also not the Steelers coaches and so yeah and I honestly think the Steelers need to do something to change their season around. Um, right now, they are not that impressive, and we'll get into the the games here later in the show, but I am not liking the Steelers' chances this week. 
Think about this. A.B. and Juju as the two outside wide receivers with, with Connor in the backfield and Le'Veon Bell moving back and forth between the backfield and the slot. That is a sick offense right there. That might be... That might be the number two offense in terms of, well, three, in terms of firepower. I still contend that the Rams have quite possibly the most deadly firepower. If they had a tight end, it would be oh, yeah. mind-blowing, but they don't. Um, and then probably I would put number two at, uh, at the Saints. Yep. So. All right. Uh, on the subject of trade talks concerning the Bills running back, LaShawn McCoy, Coach Sean McDermott tells reporters, we get calls all the time. I'll probably add the calls will pick up as the trade deadline nears. It is in the best interest of the Bills to trade LaShawn McCoy. And get some sort of... You can. I think you can get at minimum a second and third round pick. Maybe not in the same year. I don't think you can get a number one. Um, and this late in the year, maybe you only get a two or maybe a three and a four. But there, you are definitely a team for the future. LaShawn McCoy is not a player for the future right now. Uh, and so they are best served to try and trade him. True. And then, you know, to get them as many draft picks as they need because they need more draft picks. They need bodies that can play offense. <laughs> so, um, not offensively play. <laughs> Coach Frank Reichta said that T.Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle remain week to week. Um, apparently, Deshaun Watson has been dealing with a chest injury uh, this week. Yeah, um, he, he got hit pretty hard. Uh, in the game this last week against Dallas, it was surprising for some that he came out in overtime. Um, but Deshaun Watson is a player. He's going to play. He should. He'll be fine. Yeah, Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien responded to questions of whether or not he was going to play. It. Oh yeah. So, uh, Greg Olson is practicing Wednesday. Will most likely play. Will likely play this weekend in his first game back. I'm not starting him, even if I have him. I would not start him either. I, I had that question. Uh, I told someone else to – I think I actually told someone to go with Njoku for this week still um, and hold off on, on Greg Olson. Or no, it was Cameron Brait yeah. or Greg Olson. Yeah, I, it, I'd go with Brait. Yeah, it would obviously be because of the matchup. But also, even if you didn't have Brait, who's got a good matchup against Atlanta, he's going up against Washington, Yeah, who has done a very good job at limiting – at playing defense – this last game was obviously Drew Brees' night, so let's discount that. Yeah. Um, but Redskins are an underrated defense, and Greg Olson is not going to get a heavy workload on that foot his first game back anyway. Washington's the first was going into this game. Going into this game uh, this past week, uh, Washington was the number one defense in terms of yards given up. So. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Miller said he's definitely going to play week six against the Bills. The Giants have already ruled out tight end Evan Ingram for Thursday night's game against the Eagles. Um, so he is he is not playing. Hugh Sterling Shepard to get more production. Yes. O.J. Howard is practicing on Wednesday. I'm still going with Cameron Brait. Yes. However, if you do need a, if you do need a tight end, 
if OJ Howard's healthy, he's still a streaming option. So, uh, he is still a streaming option. Not great, but a streaming option. Only because uh, tight ends are so depleted right now. Yeah, that's awful. Um, Eric Ebron with the shin, quad, ankle, and knee issues did pra- did not practice on Wednesday. Um, I think really they're just holding him back after having uh, his best career day with two touchdowns and 105 receiving yards, and they still don't have Jack Doyle healthy yet. So, Yeah. Um, they can't afford for Ebron not to play. Correct. Devonta Freeman did not practice on Wednesday. That's something to keep an eye on. I think Tevin Coleman. Uh, I think Tevin Coleman's in for another, you know, big workload this weekend. Yeah, he he's battling a, a bone contusion. Um, didn't practice due to soreness. Uh, his status is unclear, but I would lean towards him playing since he played this last week. Yep. Uh, Dalvin Cook with his hamstring was limited when, in Wednesday's practice. It may still be the the uh, um, the Murray show. Murray show. Not that, no, Not actually, that's an exciting piece of television. <laughs> really, what it's going to be is it's going to continue to be the Adam Thielen show, who I have on all of my fantasy teams, by the way. Yes. Um, moving on, Patriots injury report. Uh, wide receiver Josh Gordon remains limited, and Sonny Michael was a notable addition with the knee issue on the injury report for the Patriots. That's something to keep an eye on as well. He was limited at Wednesday's practice. Um, no practice for the Rams, Brandon Cooks, and Cooper Cup, who both suffered concussions in Seattle. So, yeah, I'd continue to monitor those because concussions can take a week or longer to recover from. So, there is a possibility, I would say 25% chance, that neither Cooks or Cup play this week. Very well could be. All right, well, let's get into these games. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at um, – we'll start off with Thursday night game. Philly at the New York football Giants. What's, uh, what's kind of one big takeaway you've got for, for this game? Uh, for me, this is going to come down to which team can do well – in an area where they are currently struggling because of injuries. Can the Giants, who are without a huge target in Evan Ingram, continue to pass the ball against a good defense or, or, or continue to pass the ball against a weak Eagles defense but a strong running defense? They're not going to be able to rely on Saquon Barkley as much. I mean, Saquon's still a start. You're still going to play him, and they're still going to rely on him. Um, but the Eagles are number two against the rush uh, in terms of fantasy this season. On the other side, can the Eagles run the ball? Because the Giants have done a pretty solid job of defending against the pass with uh, players like DeAndre Hopkins being limited, I think, to like 10 points, not having a great week against uh, Janoris Jenkins. Janoris Jenkins is going to go up against uh, Alshon on the outside, so Alshon's due for a, a lower game. Uh, and then Wentz is still kind of struggling. Um, Eagles are, or sorry, the Giants, number nine against uh, quarterbacks so far this season. I like Aguilar actually this week to have a have a bounce back week and maybe get uh, ten plus points. In yeah. PPR. Let's see. I'm looking at where. 
Okay, so Wentz doesn't – okay. Uh, I think in – I'm looking at, you know, average points per game. Wentz lately, it, it's not all that high for Wentz, but I think it's actually taking into account the games that he missed. So, yeah, I can't rely on that. So, um, yeah, I think for me it's, you know, Smallwood or Clement is the big thing that I'm looking at. Um, you know, I mean, you know who the main targets are going to be in terms of passing for, for the Giants. You know who the targets are going to be in in the passing game for for Philly. The big question is, you know, for those who needed the flex or needed needed a second running back, you know, Smallwood or Clement, who's it going to be? So, I think that's the biggest question for me, and the biggest thing that I'm looking at for this game. I think Clement is probably going to get more. I think that Clement will get more work. Personally, I think he will score higher in fantasy points, especially because I think he will get more of the touchdown looks. So, yeah. All right. Moving on. Tampa Bay at the ATL. What's what's what are you looking at for this game? Uh, the biggest thing for me, and, and it is really the topic of conversation, is uh, can Jameis Winston, how will he play? Um, he played in preseason. It was the Ryan Fitzpatrick show early on in the season. Um, Fitzpatrick struggled against the Bears mightily, like everyone else has so far this season. Um, But Winston did come in and throw 150 yards in the second half with a touchdown and two interceptions. And can Tampa Bay actually develop a running game? I don't think they can, which means this is on uh, Jameis Winston to try and replicate Fitzpatrick's numbers. Hugh Cameron Brait to have a good game uh, if he plays. I'm a little less excited about Evans uh, and a, a Deshaun Jackson because both of those – Evans struggled mightily last year. Deshaun Jackson was almost obsolete last year at times. Uh, and so I think Winston can score. I think he's a great streaming option. I put him in the top 12, but I'm not looking for a top five performance from Jameis this week. Here's one thing to look at. I know I understand that James Winston has been off for a little while, but he has had a he has had the full bye, the full bye week to work with the team. Yeah, in two career games at Atlanta, thanks thanks to StatRat on this, I just looked this up. Two career games at Atlanta, he has six touchdowns, one interception, and is was it his he's uh, averaged about two hundred, and that's with like two hundred and twenty five pass yards a game. And that was against uh, healthy Atlanta, or at least a not as injured up not, Atlanta. Not as right beat now. up Atlanta, not as beat up Atlanta defense. So his QB rating in Atlanta against the Falcons is 107 in two games. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's you know that I think that he could be in for a good game, especially with how beat up their safeties are uh, yes. in Atlanta. So that's uh, again, that's a big thing I'm looking at for it. That's good for all Tampa Bay receivers. So. Uh, anything else from from Atlanta on, or from the Atlanta Tampa Bay on this one? No, uh, I think one of the things that I, I I'm also looking for from the Atlanta side is, is how much involvement is Ido Smith going to still get? Um, Devonta Freeman is banged up. Tevin Coleman's banged up. Ido has been mixed in. Has got a couple. Has got a touchdown over the last couple of weeks. Uh, they've kind of turned into uh, give the ball to whoever is standing and healthy at this point. Um, there is a drop-off between Freeman, Coleman, and Ito. Uh, so I'm interested there. And then will Calvin Ridley bounce back after 
a quote unquote rougher week. Um, will will this uh, Buccaneers defense with the bye have fixed some of their issues that allowed Mitch Trubisky to really torch them? Because Matt Ryan is way better than Mitch Trubisky and has way better tools at his disposal, and Matt Ryan's at home. Yeah. Um, I think the thing for me, I think Matt Ryan could very well just absolutely light it up. Uh, Julio Jones is what Julio Jones is. He does not have a touchdown yet this year. He only had three all of last year, six the year before, eight, six. He had two in the season where he only had five games. So he does not, for a big guy who gets a crap ton of yards, does not get into the end zone very often. So for me, we know what Julio Jones is. He's going to get a lot of catches. He's going to get a lot of yards. He might get into the end zone. It's Calvin Ridley versus Mohamed Sanu. Who's going to be the number two this week? I, I would put it with Ridley. I know that Mohamed Sanu is probably going to get more snaps, more targets. Um, but when it comes to the red zone, uh, also – when it comes to the red zone, they've been finding Calvin Ridley. In addition, Calvin Ridley seems to be the deeper threat, so he's getting a much deeper ball per target. I think it's like 13 yards per target. Muhammad's news is like nine yards per target. And so um, when Calvin Ridley's getting the ball, he is getting more points with it. He's just not getting it as often. I give the edge to Calvin Ridley because he's been able to find the end zone more often. Okay. Uh, moving on, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Who do you have? What's what's your big takeaway for this game? Uh, my biggest takeaway for this game is for those of you who have been streaming Andy Dalton, look for another successful game this week. Uh, I looked up some stats once again. Stat route, go check them out. Um, averaging uh, Pittsburgh defense is averaging giving up in six point per touchdown leagues, averaging twenty nine point six points given up to opposing quarterbacks this season. That is horrible. So Andy Dalton with Joe Mixon coming out of the backfield, A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd as really the go-to or the go-three options, <laughs> uh, if you will. Um, I'm looking for Cincinnati to have a good game. I think Cincinnati wins this game. Uh, and moves to five and one with the Steelers then becoming two three and one. Um, it's on the road. Roethlisberger has struggled on the road. That that is a well known fantasy football piece of information, and I think Cincinnati does it at home. Yeah, I'd have to. Uh, I'd have to say that this is probably going to be a Connor game. To be completely honest. Um, it has. To, I think it has to be in order for them to win. You look at the games where they have performed best. Um, you know, take out the take out the game where God, who was it against the the Tampa Bay game where everyone was throwing the ball around the field. Um, James Conner still was very productive in that game, but they just didn't need to run it as much. Yeah. But you look at what he did against Cleveland in Cleveland on the ground, like 185 yards or something like that. He did that again this last week yeah. because they established the run. He had like. 70 yards on nine touches in the first drive alone and a touchdown. Yeah. They need to they need to continue to do that with Connor. And honestly, that right there should give them a win. If it doesn't, 
and they move to what is it? Did you say two, three, and one, or two, four, and one? It would be two, three, and one. Two, three, and one. They're not out of it. I mean, because the the central or the the NFC or AFC North is just so kind of back and forth. I mean, other than the Bengals, who at that point would be five and one. So that would, I mean, that would put them way behind them. But they're still not out of it in terms of in terms of where the um the wild card is for the AFC. Cause there's teams way rising to the top. And then there's just a whole bunch of middle. Um, they could still come out of it, but I think that they would, it, it could possibly push them more to find a trade for Le'Veon Bell to get something for next year. Yeah. The other point that I want to point out in this game is to talk about Juju Smith Schuster really quickly. Um, since the Antonio Brown fit, where he didn't show up to practice on time after the Tampa Bay game, they have been getting the ball to Antonio Brown more. Yeah. Since that, against Baltimore Atlanta, Juju has eight catches for 94 yards and a touchdown. In each of the three previous weeks, he had more than that yardage. Baltimore is a solid defense. Atlanta is not a solid defense. And against Cincinnati, at Cincinnati, I'm looking for Juju Smith-Schuster to have more of that 4-4-60 type of a performance than that uh, 13 for 121 like against Kansas City and, T- and Tampa Bay. Those are his two biggest games. Not that I am look- – if, if I'm a Juju Smith-Schuster owner, and me personally – I talked about this before the season started that Ben Roethlisberger has only sustained two top 15 fantasy wide receivers once in his career. I didn't think Juju Smith-Schuster was a top 15 wide receiver because of that glaring stat alone. And outside of Kansas City and Tampa Bay, two of the worst defenses in the league, you're seeing that he is kind of around that wide receiver two, wide receiver three conversation and getting 16, 10, and 13 points. So the the value right now is still huge on Juju. If you are like me and see Cincinnati, Cleveland, Baltimore, Carolina, and Jacksonville coming up and your bye week, to me, this would be the time where his, his value is extremely high. You could try and move Juju Smith-Schuster. Very well could be. All right, moving on. The still weird to say this: the Los Angeles Chargers at the Cleveland Browns. What's your big? What's your big uh, takeaway right here? Uh, for me, the biggest, the only way I would say, uh, not the only way, the way that Cleveland stays in this game is through Jarvis Landry, because the Steelers, or sorry, the Steelers, the Chargers are pretty solid against the run. So I'm not expecting the biggest of games from Carlos Hyde. That being said, Baker Mayfield has been throwing for 300 yards per game, averaging, for the last two weeks since he's become the starter. Yep. Um, over that time, let me, let me just pull it up again here really quick. Uh, Jarvis Landry, over those two weeks – Four catches for 34 yards and a touchdown. Five catches for 69 yards uh, and no touchdown. So he has not had the type of performance that you want to see. I think Tyrod Taylor focused, had hyper-focus on Jarvis Landry. 
Uh, Baker Mayfield seems to be spreading the ball out, hitting Higgins, hitting Callaway, getting Njoku getting involved, getting Duke Johnson involved. Um, but realistically, I think Jarvis Landry needs to be more of a focal point in this to move the chains and move the ball downfield because even though the Chargers have struggled against the pass, I still believe that the Chargers – are a better defense than advertised. They've had to go up against uh, some top offenses already, and I think that is what has exposed some of those other pieces and given a false sense of, quote-unquote, how bad uh, the, the, the Chargers defense is. But I like Jarvis Landry in this matchup. Yeah, the Chargers have given up uh, their 20th in terms of yards given up. They've given up 11, tu- 11 touchdowns. Um, that's now there's only, mm, I want to say five other teams that have given up 12 or 13. Um, so they've given up a lot through the air, uh, but they, you know, they've been able to get some pressure even without Joey Bosa. They've still been able to, they've still got 11 sacks on the season. Not great, but, uh, you know, better than, better than a lot of teams out there. So, um, for me, I, you know, I'm definitely looking at, I'm not, I, don't think I can play hide in this game, even though he's one of my, you know, he's, I want to say running back 12 or 13. I've got some other options that I think could be more effective, especially in PPR. One of them being on the other side of the ball in Austin Eckler. Could get, could get a lot of work catching the ball out of the backfield. If you look at um, the rushing, let's see where's, no, because Cleveland's still 20, like 22nd in terms of rushing yards given up. So I think, Honestly, I think a lot of this could go through the running backs um, and and uh, Keenan Allen, to be completely honest. So, Yeah, the, the other point for me would be can, can Phillip Rivers continue his top four quarterback performance against Cleveland, who has been able to force some turnovers and get some things going. They did get kind of torched by, uh, by Derek Carr, um, but – they did play well against Ben Roethlisberger in a in a rainstorm. They did play against, play well against Drew Brees in week two, in um, New Orleans, by the way, in New Orleans without weather. So you you can't say oh Drew Brees was on the road in weather, um, but it, it's one of those things that I have been a huge believer in Philip Rivers, uh, and I think he can still get it done this week against Cleveland. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, Buffalo and Houston. There's really not a whole lot to say about this one. Uh, for me, the the biggest story of this game is going to come, uh, obviously, uh, from LaShawn McCoy. Um, now, you say that's obvious because he's really their only piece, but realistically, uh, Houston has played very, very well against running backs. They have been they have been beat in a passing game, realistically. And so, LaShawn McCoy, the only shot the Bills have, I believe, in this game is to utilize LaShawn McCoy correctly. He's back. He's healthy. He had his first 25-touch game last week. He got um, over 100 yards in that game. He didn't get in the end zone, but he was playing against a tough defense, a better defense in Tennessee than I think Houston is. Um, Tennessee, not not really a bunch of n- any names. I think Houston is names and then nobodies um, in, in like a, a, a J.J. Watt, Clowney, 
those kinds of players, but then they don't have anything after that. And so I look for LaShawn McCoy to be utilized. He's healthy. They're going to need to get him a little bit more involved in the passing game for them to be successful. And LaShawn McCoy has been involved in the passing game with Tyrod before and some dinks and dunks and those kinds of things. So I like LaShawn McCoy in this game. Yeah, I think for me the thing to look at is, you know, you know that most likely Hopkins is going to get his points. It's the difference between has Kiki Kuti, even after two games, taken over Will Fuller? I was just about to ask you that question. No joke. Because Will Fuller is still dealing with his hamstring injuries. Kiki Kuti, once once again, going back to why I, I wanted him on waivers, I did get him in one league on waivers, um, is because in college – that is how Deshaun Watson destroyed defenses. Those quick, over-the-middle slant routes where you would spread you'd spread offense, get everybody stretched so thin, and then you would slash and gash them deep across, or, or, or across the middle on slant routes, uh, routes to the outside to get, to get one-on-one matchups. It, it's one of those things that it was – Highly successful, highly successful for him in college. Kiki Kuti played with Pat Mahomes at Texas, uh, at Texas Tech. And so it's one of those things that he's been in a pass-heavy offense anyway and does this and has done this in college. So Kiki is going to be a solid player moving forward, and he's getting more volume than, uh, than Will Fuller. So I'm not bold enough to say that he has taken over as the number two. I think this will be a good test because Buffalo is an underrated defense. If he outperforms Will Fuller again this week, I will call him the number two moving forward. Yeah, because if you look at Will Fuller, Will Fuller, at least in the past, has dealt with drops. Um, you look at, what was it? Week and four? injuries. And injuries. Um, you know, nine targets, eight receptions, 113 yards in a TD in week two. Week three, 11, five receptions on 11 targets for 101 and one. Uh Week four, five, four, 49 and one. And that's the game that he left early, and Kuti comes in 15 targets, 11 catches for 109 yards. Um, and then even this last week against Dallas, three targets, two receptions for 15 yards, while Kuti goes for what? Seven, seven of eight? Or seven, no, seven targets, six receptions, 51 yards, and a touchdown. So, um, I think that I think it's something to watch. I can't do it quite yet, but pretty soon Kuti very well could be above um, Will Fuller. All right, two more games that we're going to cover for tonight: Chicago at Miami. First, is there anyone on Miami actually worth starting in this game? Uh, not <laughs> against Chicago. Um. I think people are going to want to start Drake. Uh, I think that people believe that because he had a good game this last week that, that, that he is back moving forward. I disagree with that. Um, he was efficient with what he had. But if I remember correctly, Frank Gore still got more rushes than Drake. Correct. And if – the oldest running back in football currently is out touching you on the ground. That is not a good thing. 
Um, this is also the best defense in football. So in order to beat them, you're going to have to pass. The only chance for Miami is to continue to hold Chicago and not get down by too many points because, because Mac is going to destroy Tannehill. Uh, I want to predict a strip fumble or strip sack fumble because Mac's done that four times already in the first four weeks. So um, I, I don't see anyone – I don't feel comfortable starting anyone in Miami because it's the Bears. If you're desperate, deeper leagues, okay, I'm fine with Drake as a flex option only. But in a 10-team league or less, there's someone else you can play. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. Uh, in, in terms of the Bears, um, obviously you're starting their defense. Here's the big question that's being asked everywhere. Howard or Cohen? I say I will, I will, I will stick to my guns. And continue to say Howard, because we, we you're sticking with the brother bear. Yes, I'm sticking with the brother bear. Uh, I I'm sticking with him for a couple of reasons. We've seen this from Tariq Cohen before, last year, and then watch him drop off the rest of the season. Um, I think last week was more game script than anything else. The offseason, they told us that they wanted to get uh, Jordan Howard more involved in the passing game, so I'm still going to hold on to that. It could be coach speak. This could be the Chicago version of we're going to get Royce Freeman the ball more out of Denver. Um, So you kind of have to read between the lines. I still contend that Jordan Howard is a top fantasy, not top one, but he's he's definitely in the conversation in in that tier two that second tier down from like a Kamara, Hunt, uh, Bell, Connor I'd put up in there, and Saquon Barkley I'd put up in there. But he's definitely in that second tier of running backs still. And they're going to need to run the ball against Miami. Miami is sneaky good against the pass, unless your name is uh, Tom Brady. Uh, and he's seen him so many times over the years that he he knows what he needs to do. Um, but even then, he utilized the running backs to beat Miami. So, for me, I'm still going Jordan Howard. All right. Uh, I like what they're doing with that offense and getting other people involved, especially Tariq Cohen. I'm keeping Tariq Cohen in terms of um, – in terms of – PPR. I still think that Howard is the better back. Yeah, you, you still keep you still have Tariq Cohen on your roster. Don't get me wrong. I'm poss- I'm possibly I'm possibly using him as trade bait to get someone else. Okay. Um, I have no problem with that. Yeah. So, um, but uh, I I think that Tariq Cohen will stay relevant at least, especially with their offensive coordinator. Relevant, yes. But I'm still taking Howard over Cohen rest of season. All right. All right, let's hit up the last game. Arizona at Minnesota. Yeah, for me, my biggest takeaway is Minnesota. Can you run the ball against a team that is just not good? Um, I think 
uh, in looking at it, yeah, um, Arizona is dead last against the rush in fantasy football this year. And if you cannot, I don't care, uh, Latavius Murray, Dalvin Cook, if he's healthy, I don't care if you roll out your offensive coordinator and pad him up. If you cannot get 100 yards rushing in this game, you know you're going to be the Seahawks this year. You might as well just quit trying to run the ball and just throw it because you're good at throwing the ball. Adam Thielen is the number one receiver for a reason. You're talented at throwing the ball. Your defense puts you in holes. Uh and that's what hurts. That's not going to happen this week. Arizona's not going to put you in a hole. Um, this is set up perfectly for you to get ahead, ball control, and run it out. If you can't run this week, shame on you, Minnesota. Seriously, Arizona has given up, was it, 142 rush yards a game and leads, leads the NFL in giving up TDs. They've given up eight of them on the ground so far this year. Yeah. So, seriously, Latavius Murray should be in for a big game. I should see if he's still available in my 10-man league. Maybe pick him up. Now, <laughs> they, are, they, they are playing, I would say, better rushing offenses. They played Washington. They played the Rams and Todd Gurley, Peterson. They played uh, Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard, which I think are uh, on the – higher tier, a top 10 rushing attack. They played Seattle, who has been committed to the run for the last two to three weeks. And then San Francisco, who Morris and Brita have been able to break some things off, and that offense is not going to be put in the hands of Bethard. So it's one of those things that, uh, yeah. So they're, they're facing better offenses rushing, but Minnesota needs to get something going. Yeah, I think for the most part they're probably going to just going to stick through stick through the air for the most part. I mean, they may try to establish a run. I'm just not seeing it. I'm not seeing a whole lot out of Murray to be completely honest. And honestly, it could it could just be their offensive line. I know that a lot of people have talked about how their offensive line lost a couple pieces. Now it's just not it's not the pat or it's not the 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 run game type of offensive line that they've had in the past. So. All right. Oh, and one last thing. Does DJ have – how does DJ do in this game? DJ the, um, David Johnson. Uh, I think – no, I'm not going to say I think. This is a game where they're going to have uh, – because I hate that. We're talking fantasy football. Let's, let's use some statistics and let's talk about some, some actual knowledge here. Uh, David Johnson is going to have to continue to be the focal point of this offense in order for them to have any sort of movement. Minnesota has has been good against the run. Um, they've been torched, case in point, the Rams uh, in the passing game. So um, they're going to have to get David Johnson continually get him the ball in space more, get him in a place where he can use his speed and his agility to, to break some tackles and get into the open, open space and open field. So they're going to need David Johnson to do well. Um, I don't think you're going to get 16 points out of him personally just because of the way this game's going to go. They're going to have to throw more. They're, they're going to get down early, my belief, and they're going to have to throw more. Um, so I, don't, I think David Johnson's in for a tougher day. 
I still have David Johnson currently as a RB2 with RB1 upside. All right. Perfect. Does Larry Fitz get going finally? No. Okay. Yeah. And I'm just going to continue to say no until he proves me until wrong. Until he actually shows otherwise. Yeah, I've done this. I've dropped Larry Fitzgerald in my 10-team league. So that's how bad it's been for me. So, all right. Well, that is all we've got for you tonight on the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we, uh, I believe Justin's going to be doing an episode tomorrow to cover the last few games for the weekend. Yep. All right. So, well, that is it from us. Uh, we hope you guys have a wonderful week. Uh, just like I said, Justin will be back tomorrow to give you the last few games and kind of his thoughts. Uh, for now, my name is Ryan and I'm Justin and we will talk to you guys later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King football podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. on new and previously leased furnishings. That's right, huge savings. At Court Furniture Clearance Center, choose from our wide variety of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. You'll find sofas from $199.99 and more. Everything in our 9,000 square foot showroom is Court certified, guaranteed, and in stock. Ready for delivery or to take home today. Visit our Chandelier Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.